0: Maintaining a balanced microbiome is essential to feeling good and preventing serious health issues like insulin resistance, weight gain, and more serious degenerative diseases. Today is all about the microbiome. Hello and
1: welcome to the Connect Podcast. This show is all about helping you connect to your soul's calling so you can take action on it. Because the sweetest success is a blend of discovering your purpose with the inner drive to bring it to life. I'm Sheila Batello, health coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and mom of two, best known for my online wellness programs, mentoring, and self-love passion. Listen in for inspiring interviews, solo chats, and Q&A sessions that will move you past overwhelm towards what lights you up. Stop accepting good enough and go for your version of great in your health, business, and relationships. Let's get started.
0: Welcome to today's Q&A, where we're talking all about the microbiome an all important determinant of our physical and mental health. The microbiome is something that has fascinated me for the last 15 years as I've been hearing more and more about it. And you may actually know what the microbiome is because of that. You may have heard things like gut health and having probiotics and prebiotics and all of those types of things over the last number of years. And truly, the microbiome is something that nutritional science has been diving into and functional medicine as well, more and more in recent years. We're finding its connection to our immune health and so much of what helps our body thrive. So, today I'm gonna do a bit of an overview about the microbiome and how it impacts our health, and just a little bit of information to help you have a deeper understanding of this amazing part of your body. So the microbiome is located in the skin, colon, female reproductive system, and everyone's microbiome is different based on many different things, including ancestry, geography, and history. So the microbiome, particularly in North America, has really changed in the last 40 to 50 years. Our diet became more industrialized, antibiotics came on the scene and were overused. It's been shown that antibiotics have been used for actual infection in really only 10% of the cases. You can also find it in dairy, meat, chicken, water, and it contributes to the antibiotic load in our bodies because you may not be taking it specifically for your health or if you've been ill, it's just kind of in the food system. Also, cesarean deliveries have impacted gut health and the microbiome in babies who are being born because one in three births are cesareans in the US. Now, in hormonal vaginal births, the baby is gets colonized by microorganisms of the mom when they're coming down the birth canal. So that helps to improve and strengthen their own microbiome in their system. And it helps to improve as a result their immune system. It's all part of the design. Now, for those of you who are listening who may have had cesarean uh, deliveries, many times that is the way that you have a healthy birth, right, so we're grateful to have these medical interventions. However, many of the cesareans over the years have often just been put together because of convenience for the medical system or for people's busy lives, not necessarily because a medical intervention was required Like There was really no need for it. It's just become an option. And so I'm here to talk about all the reasons why there are things that we can do to help improve our microbiome, the microbiome of our children as well, after things like this have occurred. Also, there has been a decline in breastfeeding. Breast milk is pretty incredible because it has unusual sugars and carbs, really prebiotics that stimulate the growth of certain organisms in the baby's gut. And that is something that things like formulas don't have. Like they've done a great job of getting really, really close with formula. But breast milk is just so amazing for a baby's health. And once again, if you have or if you are using formula and there's just no way of getting around it... Again, no shame in that. There are ways of coming around and improving um, your baby's gut health as well as your own in other dietary ways. It's just important to understand these things because I've had people come to me who initially may have had a cesarean and then realized like they did it because they wanted to schedule it in and they realized later on they really wanted to try for a vaginal birth if it was going to be safe for them and they wanted to do everything they could to elevate their child's immune system naturally and they just didn't know about all of this stuff and frankly when i was having my children initially i didn't know about all this stuff either and the medical system is there to serve us And it's also there to serve a large number of people. So there's a lot of moving parts. So it's understandable to see why very often just doing things for ease and convenience have overrided often the natural things that can help people have a really healthy start in their life. One thing we've seen is asthma, allergies, gluten sensitivity, mental and emotional health, autism, ADHD. All of these are symptoms from an imbalanced microbiome. This is kind of new again. It's something that has been oncoming in the nutritional science world and the functional health world. A lot of new tests and things have come through to show these things in the last number of years. Something we've also seen is gluten sensitivity has been on the rise. And my family comes from a Portuguese background and bread is just such a foundational part of the Portuguese culture, many places around the world. Bread has sustained life for centuries. And what people find with gluten sensitivity is they might have a foggy mind, they get really itchy, their digestive system just doesn't work. And yet we have all of these options of gluten-free foods as well, which is wonderful. However, we can often look to gluten-free junk foods instead as a stopgap measure and they can cause some problems too. So what has changed about bread? Why is it now affecting us in such a way? Well, ultimately, it is the way wheat has been grown. Pulverized grain is the problem because improper digestion of proteins that can leak out or cause increased permeability of the gut, allowing for molecules to leak out that wouldn't normally happen if your microbiome shifts and improper digestion is part of that, right? So pulverized grain, people are not actually getting the fiber and they're also dealing with pesticides and things perhaps in the grain that's that's impacting their microbiome. It's a very delicate system. You have more microbial DNA in your body than in your whole body, your entire body. <laughs> so your stomach, your microbiome, all of that, your gut health, it is incredibly important. And we have all of these little things that are happening in our lives around us, the air we breathe, the food we eat that is impacting that. So the main things that we're seeing that can beautifully shift the microbiome into a state of health is to avoid antibiotics. And so that means obviously, you know, do what you can to not use them unless it's absolutely prescribed and you're really, really ill and it's the only way, or looking for foods that are antibiotic-free, look for meats and eggs and all of these things that are antibiotic-free. Also back off refined, manufactured, processed foods. And you may know this one already, take probiotics. Also increase the consumption of fermented foods every single meal. Things like kimchi, which is a Korean type of sauerkraut, or pickled daikon from Japan, kosher pickles that have actually been fermented, not just a vinegar type of solution, but actually things have been left to ferment. And of course, sauerkraut, things like yogurt, kefir, those are super easy. People often will even do home-brewed beer because it's actually alive. Like it's not, uh, there's no preservatives in it. Now I'm not a beer fan, but I do love kombucha, Kombucha is a fermented tea that is a wonderful way of improving your gut health. So microorganisms do half the work for you because they digest the foods and live cultures then repopulate the gut. Ultimately, your goal is to become more tolerant to foods. Okay, so basically your strategy then is to avoid the thing totally that may be disrupting your microbiome and then reintroduce it in very small amounts Increasing it slowly after you've gone through a protocol of a beautiful microbiome booster by the foods that you're eating, some of the things I've just shared. Now, in terms of your skin, your skin is the largest organ of your body. And we have become such a clean, obsessed culture, especially in the last 18 months and what that does though is it disrupts the health of the microbiome of your skin. You don't want to be washing excessively. Just some simple warm water and sudsy soap is all you need to stay clean. You know, your hands, the things that you're using that are that are touching a lot of things. But you do want to avoid antibacterial products. And it's challenging right now because all we're seeing around us is antibacterial products. When you're showering, ultimately even if you can avoid overwashing your skin, you can just wash the hairy parts. (laughs) That's what I was told, you know, soap and water, and then just water for the rest. And it's a beautiful way of cleansing yourself without excessively taking all of the layer of your microbiome and messing with it on your body. Something I've heard along the way in my studies is something called the hygiene hypothesis. And it is that too clean an environment sabotages the immune system. So some soil bacteria have a protective effect on our health. Areas where people live more in nature have decreased asthma and allergies. The percentage of germs that can actually hurt you are very small. And like we've heard all this past 18 months, washing our hands, don't touch your face, drink a lot of healthy filtered water, breathe in through your nose. That's so important. So breathing is the next thing I'll talk about. The central, most important function in your body is breathing. What would we do without breathing? We wouldn't be here. You can think about yoga, all the types of breath work that exist. And what that does is it changes the function of the involuntary nervous system. You're looking for deeper, slower, quieter, more regular exhalation. And what it does is it lowers high blood pressure, circulatory disturbance, and digestive system disturbances. Have you ever found that when you've been stressed out and you've been needing to rush to get a meal in and you've just gobbled it down and you've been taking shallow breaths that your digestion has been horrible? Maybe you've had a stomach ache. And then contrast that to when you've been at a long lingering meal, laughing over conversation with friends. And, you know, just slowly enjoying your meal, your digestion has been amazing. Even if it's not been like even the most healthiest meal, there's a reason for that. It's because you've been doing it slowly. Your breath has been relaxed. So these are very important things to help you to regulate your microbiome. And you can go way more in depth. I just wanted to give a little primer here. And in terms of breathing, that's something else I'd like to get into at another time. I may have someone come on to interview to talk about various breathwork and breathing techniques, because breathwork really is a practice that if used regularly, it can reduce stress, cravings. It can also reduce anxiety and all of these things that I was just talking about. So breathing is so, so important. Breathing is something you can do right now in this moment. You can do it while you're doing something else. It takes a few moments just to take a few deep breaths. And like I said, we'll get into it in a future Q&A. I hope this has been helpful to you. I would love to hear how this landed for you. What was new information for you? And what do you want to go deeper on? What do you want to hear more about? How is your gut health? How have you been feeling? I'd love to hear You can always go to SheilaBatello.com and leave a comment on one of the blog posts or you can find the contact feature in there. I do have a contact form in there if you want to get in touch to talk more deeply about the things that you're experiencing with your wellness and self-care. And if you're looking for some guidance to elevate it so that you can start feeling great and going after the things that are super important to you without your health holding you back. I hope you found this helpful. Have a beautiful rest of your week. What stood out to you as you listened today? If you found it helpful, please share this episode and tag me at Sheila A. Botello on Instagram. It may be just the message someone needs to hear today. As always, these Q&A sessions are for educational purposes only and are not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any health issues you may have. And I highly recommend that you consult with your doctor before beginning any new health protocol. I'll see you next time. Big blessings.